what did we say? TV is pushing on whether you want to be pushed. <laughs> <laughs> it's just gonna keep coming and coming and coming. That's right, you better hold on to your seats. We're gonna go through this pretty fast because there's a lot happening in fall television. New shows that we haven't talked about yet and some returning shows which we're eager to spill. Now, <laughs> you know who's gonna be doing most of the talking, so we're just oh. gonna jump right into his brain and talk about CBS's new show called Wisdom of the Crowd. Now, this you had to explain to me because I wasn't quite sure what the title, what it meant, Wisdom mm -hmm. of the Crowd. But there is a familiar face that we'll see here. Yeah, and, and this does come from the principle of Wisdom of the Crowd, which just means that it's better to get a bunch of opinions from a lot of people from the crowd than it is to get from a single source, regardless of how strong that source is. So you could have a bunch of weak opinions, but if you put them together collectively, you end up having predictive power. Mm. So that's what this is about. And yes, Mr. Jeremy Piven stars in this. He plays Jeffrey Tanner, who's a man who has lost his daughter. She was killed. Um, the guy who did it supposedly is in prison right now. He's been convicted. But Jeffrey is not convinced that he's the one who's done it. He is no longer with his wife, uh, his daughter's mother. She has moved on, and she's played by Monica Parter of Parenthood Thing. Thank you. Okay. Right. Um, she does not want to go down this road with him. So what he does is he creates an app called Wisdom of the Crowd, and this allows the crowd to solve crimes. Okay. And it's, it's about missing people. Now, it starts as a selfish pursuit, for him to find his daughter. Um, but then of course it turns into a, a, a procedural because it's CBS. Now the detective who's kind of helping him, kind of watching him, kind of saying yes, kind of saying no, is played by Richard T. Jones, who famously made Joe Scott walk in Why Did I Get Married? Hey. Instead of writing on wherever they were. Mm -hmm. So why watch this? If you like procedurals, um, you're just a diehard procedural person, I would say you can check this out. Um, otherwise, it's a bit weak in mm. the knees, I do have to say. Uh-oh, but let's go on to Fox's Ghosted, which <laughs> is, when I think ghosted, I always think yes. of somebody who's like, leaves your life. <laughs> mm -hmm. You're like, dang, he got ghosted. But it's <laughs> not quite that, is it? No. So this is about, um, well, first of all, it's a comedy. Um, and we're introduced to an organization called the Bureau Underground. So we know the Bureau is the FBI. So it's like them underground. And underground means they go, they investigate paranormal activity. <laughs> Wait, who's now, this cast? Now <laughs> look. We, so we have two dudes who are placed together to work together in the bureau, this bureau underground. One of them is played by Craig Robinson. All right, his name is Leroy Wright. Now see this, it's a comedy, Leroy Wright. And Leroy was a former detective. He was a former detective, but his partner was killed. And then he became a mall cop. So this is his way back in to be a, de a detective, but he's a skeptic. He doesn't oh, quite believe no. in the paranormal, but he gets to believe real quick when he starts seeing these cases. And his uh, foil is played by Adam Scott. <laughs> he plays Max Jennifer, who, 
you know, he he believes in this paranormal stuff. He believes his wife was abducted by aliens. He was fired from Stanford for believing so. And he wrote a book on the multiverse. And now he's a bookstore employee. So this suits his purposes to work for the Bureau Underground. So we see them week to week trying to solve these paranormal cases. And of course, there are all kinds of monsters that they have to contend with. So, I mean, look, you know from that description whether you should check this out or not. I don't need to even tell you. <laughs> well, let's move on to one of my favorite. Oh, goodness. It's one of my favorite indulgence. It, mm-hmm. It's an indulgence. You don't try to qualify it. You love it. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm talking about none other than Poldark on PBS. Oh. <laughs> Next time on Poldark. <laughs> So now, Raph, oh my goodness, we're in the third season? Yeah, yeah, this is, I mean, Ross has lost it all and he's gained it all and he might be somebody's baby daddy. (laughs) Well, you know, and we're talking about George Warleggen, who married Ross's, you know, just flame. His his, uh, weakness. (laughs) Yes, Elizabeth, you know, now they're married, but she was preggers before they got married, and we know who met up with whom to get that going. So the question (laughs) is, whose baby is it? And I'm sorry to tell you, George, you don't know what happened, okay? (laughs) Now, George, George is very full of himself. He's ruthless. He's a judge now. Yeah, I mean, that's just all he does. And he cannot stand Ross. He does everything in his power to harm Ross directly and indirectly. And we see this continue in this season. So the question is, can Ross stay away from the war leggings enough or not? And keep in mind, everybody, Elizabeth has a son from her previous marriage, you know, the cousin of Ross who died. And that son ain't taken to George, and George ain't taken to him. So no, look, he's everybody. a true Poldark. <laughs> yes, he is. So look, everybody, we are at the coast of wherever they are in Great Britain. <laughs> we have them riding horses. The wind. You know, the horse's mane is flowing. Their hair is flowing with it. <laughs> they're, they're just going to deliver a, a package, a message. But, you know, it's like, this is life and death. We do have also a war raging on. This is yeah. in the late 18th century. We have one of our favorite characters, I'm going to speak for you and say this, who's in France as a prisoner. Yeah, yeah. and he looks like Ryan Gosling. <laughs> He's been in prison for so long, he turns into Ryan Gosling. <laughs> <laughs> and before that, before he went back into battle, he married, uh, you know, way above his station. A socialite. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and we are loving that. And she is really in dire straits you know, trying I to figure like out. Her. Like oh, her. we love her. I mean, she, I didn't at first. I was kind of like, oh, okay, yeah. what is this? But no, I really like her. And of course, Poldark's uh, wife is just, she's in Demelza. a constant state. Demelza in a constant state of insecurity. She yeah. doesn't know Poldark loves <laughs> Like, he could do everything for her. And she'll be like, I don't know if he loves me. <laughs> so we'll just, we're, we're praying for them. Moving on to the last man on earth, Fox. This is season four. We've got new cast members. We've got, we're expecting at this point. (laughs) Well, yes. So, you know, Tandy, he still hasn't grown his eyebrows back. Um, He is expecting with his wife, Carol, um, and they're just kooks. We have all the rest of the cast with us. And who has joined them is Kristen Wiig. Yes, a fellow castmate from uh, Saturday Night Live. With, uh, yes. Yeah. And she plays a socialite, speaking of socialites, 
mm. and a supposed philanthropist. And we saw in the previous season. Supposed. <laughs> well, yeah. So we saw in the previous season her backstory, and we see how she comes to meet this group. Now, she is not one who likes to share. Okay, that's why I said supposed philanthropist. <laughs> and she does something early on with the group that makes them not happy with her. They're mm. on a yacht, they're trying to find uh, Mexico, and she throws a monkey wrench in that. But they eventually do find Mexico, but on a pit stop, they're at the wrong island, and they meet, I won't even say the actor's name, I will just say if you've seen um, Groundhog Day, he's the cameraman in that movie. He has been stranded on this island before this uh, post-apocalyptic event happened. He oh, he's been even, there the whole time? Yeah, he had no idea. So, you know, they come and he's like, oh, oh my goodness, I finally, I finally been found. And they're like, well, sorry to tell you everybody's dead. Uh, and so he wants to find his children. So they finally get to Mexico. It's not quite what they were expecting. The question is moving on. Will they ever find a place to settle down these people and be happy and healthy? I don't know. It certainly isn't the last anything on earth. We'll <laughs> see where we end up at the end, whenever that comes. Fox has a new show out called The Gifted. Oh. The Gifted. Oh. And it's, it's another Marvel installment. Um, but this time we're looking at uh, the X-Men, which is my favorite, one of my favorite franchises. Like, I, I love X-Men. Yeah. Um, but I don't always like the X-Men TV shows, with the exception of, um, well, maybe there aren't that many. But anyway, <laughs> there's The Gifted. Yeah. And this comes to us from Matt Nix, who created Burn Notice. Burn. Now, this has nothing to do with Burn Notice, but that's interesting. Mm. So yes, as the ref said, this is in the X-Men universe. The X-Men aren't here, though. They've gone missing. Something's happened, so we don't get them. There's no Magneto. Uh-oh, Instead, it's a prequel to Logan. <laughs> <laughs> so instead, what we, what we see is a, a society in which um, it has been outlawed to display your mutant tendencies. And any kids who have the mutant gene are watched like hawks and aren't quite safe. Because the question is, when they go off, they're in trouble. Uh-oh. And we, if you know the X-Men universe, you know that the Sentinels, we do have Sentinel services here. They have all kinds of ways of keeping the mutants in check. So what happens is, there is a, a young teenager who's being bullied in high school, and we know what happens. Yeah. You, you went too far, and you had to let you know. And I'm sorry. All, if this ever went down in the real life, I'm sorry, humans. If you want to mess with people and that's what happens, you deserve what you get. Now, <laughs> th- this destroys the school. He goes off, destroys the school. He has a sister who's been hiding her abilities and she helps him out. Interesting. Now, their father, played by Stephen Moyer, if you watch True Blood, you know him as the vampire Bill. So yeah. he, he actually prosecutes mutants. Oh. So he has children who are mutants he doesn't know, and he's a of prosecutor. Course. And he and his wife run. They go into hiding, but along the way, they meet up with this group of gifted mutants. And they take mutants in and try to train them and help them to, of course, save mutant kind. Along the way, something happens to Stephen Moyer's character. He gets separated. And the question is, is he going to rat on his own kids and wife? Or Uh-oh. is he going to try to do things to both save himself and them. So here's the thing. Save yourself. <laughs> the Gifted is certainly not the worst of 
comic book television that we have. It's not the best either. Uh, I'm still watching it just because I like the X-Men stuff enough. Mm -hmm. This is not great writing. It is not even great acting, but it's adequate if you are a fan of Marvel. Certainly just check it out, see whether you like it. And it's certainly better than that thing that's on another network that we won't even mention. Kevin probably saves the world on ABC (laughs) (laughs) is is a, a new show. And I hear it's endearing. That's what oh. I hear. And I'm excited about it because it has one of one of my favorite young actors. Yeah, and that's Jason Ritter. I really enjoy him. Yeah, son, son of John, of John Ritter. Ritter. Yeah. And he plays Kevin. Um, and yeah, probably is in parentheses. <laughs> Saves yeah. the world. Yeah. <laughs> so poor Kevin. I mean, he uh, worked as a, a stock trader, I believe, on Wall Street. He had a massive breakdown and attempted suicide. Oh, no. Yeah. So at the beginning, we learned this. His sister um, takes him in uh, because she's worried about him. And the sister has a daughter, a teenage daughter. So he has a niece. And of course, the teenage daughter is watching him like a hawk Mm -hmm. because he keeps talking to himself. Oh, okay. And she knows something's up. Now, why is he doing this? Well, he's been chosen as one of 36 people who are going to save the world. (laughs) So Save the cheerleader, save the world. Yes, that's right. So, and this, it does have an angelic dimension. Now, he does have a guide who keeps saying, I'm not an angel. That's played by Kimberly Hebert Gregory. Mm -hmm. Um, She keeps saying this to him, but she's something like an angel. Now, what's happened is the other 35 uh, people or, or, yeah, people who were supposed to save the world, they've gone missing. <laughs> They're with the they- X-Men. <laughs> <laughs> so, they, so we don't know where they are. She doesn't know. And the other guides have given up at this point in the season. <laughs> they, they don't want any part of it. They're like, why are we here? And she's like, what do you mean? So she's trying to shepherd Kevin into finding out who these other chosen people are. And he has to listen to the universe to know, okay? She can't tell him literally. And she's there to protect him. So he will not die. And we see how that plays out. So it's just, look, this is, and we were talking about this, Raph, this is kind of like the comedic equivalent of This Is Us. (laughs) Not story-wise, but feeling-wise. Yeah, yeah. It's not too cynical. It's going to put a smile on your face. Jason Ritter is the perfect cast for this. Um, The supporting cast is good. The writing's good enough. It's a charming show. I like the premise. And if you like it too, I definitely say give it at least two to three episodes. Mm. And then you'll really know. And I'm, you know what, I'm I'm a fan. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's dark heart talking. <laughs> On Netflix, they have a new show with familiar groundings. We'll say that with familiar roots um, called Subura. Subura. Ah. You know, however they would say it. Um, <laughs> but it, it's very familiar to a show that you enjoy watching and we talk about a lot. So do tell, spill it. Well. So yes, this is related to Gamora, which is on Sundance TV, and it is streaming on Netflix, by the way. Um, So it comes from the same- Producers? Yeah. Okay. And uh, this time, we're back in Rome. We're back with subtitles. Uh We're back with the mafia. Mm -mm. 
but this is uh, Rome. So, you know, Gamora is really uh, in the outskirts. Yeah. So it's north. Here, we're nowhere in Rome. We're pulling in the Vatican. We're pulling in politicians. But it's a similar milieu. Mm, there it is. Now, I would say this. If you haven't seen Gamora, watch that first. Oh, okay. That's a better show. Now, Sabura is good. It really is. And it's something that tied you over when you're waiting for Gamora. That's what I use. Ah, uh, there we go. I was waiting for the yeah. caveat. There you mm-hmm. go. So it's, right. it's good. It's just we have Gamora. Um, so, but if you like Gamora, watch Subura. You're not going to be completely disappointed. And uh, it does pull in different elements. So that is nice to see. There we go. CBS has Madam Secretary returning again. Again. I mean, yes, she's back. And this yeah. is what, season four? That's right. What is this? Season four, she's back. I mean, when is she going to be the president? <laughs> Never. <laughs> Good gracious, how long is her term? Well, anyway. you know, the, the president has been reelected in supposedly shady means, but, you know, he's there. Okay. Um, and she's still the Secretary of State. Okay. Um, this is still, you know, executive produced, co-produced by Morgan Freeman, who is directing mm-hmm. this season. Welcome. Oh. <laughs> um, and I, he's just saying go. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> you know, that's exactly what he's saying. Uh, and, you know, we, we have these players. It's the State Department. They have things to solve around the world. We get these bad actors around the world. We also see her home life and her husband, played by Tim Daly. He has his own career with the Defense Intelligence Agency. And we see from the previous season how he has brought in a Russian agent. Now he's our agent. Oh to me... That's the story. Really? Yes. I like that. And I do like the family stuff. I do have to say, I just love listening to Taya Leone, that raspy kind of wrong <laughs> voice. I just love her. I love her relationship with Tim Daly. We know what's going on off screen. It shows up very well on screen. Like, oh, I love all I of that. Okay. Oh, yes. So they have wonderful chemistry. I just think that sometimes the procedural parts for her, it's hit or miss. So the cast is strong enough if you've been watching it to keep you watching because you know every now and then they're going to do a very good episode. It's just inconsistent. That's the show. Uh, and that's and Madam Secretary. We have to note that this is a 20 plus episode yeah. show. Yes. So instead of the compact 10 um, thing that people are doing now, most shows, this still has that kind of good wife like we're we rarely take off. So there you yeah. go with that. Um, We're almost at the home stretch. Legends, uh, DC's Legends of Tomorrow on CW is back for season three. This has been a hit and miss for you. So where are we at with season three? Well, you know, at the end of season two, Ref, we found that they come back to the present, Los Angeles. Oh, right. And they've been time uh, traveling. Time traveling. That's right. They finally come back. And and who's there? Dinosaurs. In 2017, L.A. So that's where we ended season two. And you're like, what happened? Well, we find in the third season that there are anachronisms because of their time travel. And there's a new agency who that's headed by their former leader who got them into it. And he wants to clean up all of these time aberrations and retire the legends. Uh-oh. Now we know this is, doesn't last long. 
we know that begrudgingly he's going to have to pull them back in for help. So what happens is this agency is policing them, trying to get them to stop. They steal their shit from them and start trying to fix these timed aberrations themselves. But we know they make them worse. <laughs> but there's a reason why the head of this agency, their former head, is allowing them to continue. There's something on the horizon that's not good. And we don't know what it is yet. They don't know what it is. But we know that this is going to lead to some major clash. Mm. So if you've watched this before, why stop? I mean, it's kind of like that. You were saying this to me, Ref. It's like, I'm so far in, how can I get out? Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's cheesy, but you want it to be that way. That's what it should be. It's that kind of show. And it comes on after The Flash. Well, speaking of The Flash on CW, let's end it here. Yeah. The Flash is back. And this has been your one of your favorite of all the the, the comic, one of them. Yes. All the comic book TV shows. Yes. So I know I need to catch up on it, but I think you can binge it on Netflix. I think you can do that. Yep. I am I so, so far behind. I wouldn't even know where to start. Maybe season <laughs> one episode. Well, you know, you're just 71 episodes behind now. Jeez, Louisy peasy. <laughs> Look, the beauty of The Flash is not the dialogue, the ideas. The ideas of it, that's what's so good. The multiverse, all of So if you are just a geek for this stuff, this is the show for you. You will forgive some writing lapses. You will forgive some acting lapses. It <laughs> does look good, though. Mm. So it does, it has a good comic book look to it, as all the CW comic book shows do, actually. Uh, so in this season, we know at the end of season three, Barry, the Flash, he had to go into the Speed Force because there must be someone there or it destabilizes the multiverse. So it oh, has geez. to be a speedster yeah, you, running you around. Me. Yeah. Okay, all right. So just know there's a Speed Force, is this realm where a speedster has to run around to keep it stable. If there is no speedster there, then the fabric of the universe will break apart. Oh my gosh. So Barry had to go in to do that because of reasons I won't get into. So they just run around, just keep running. Exactly, in perpetuity. Okay. Now in the Speed Force, time is not the same. You know, it doesn't feel the same. You can go mad and only be in there for two seconds for what we would feel. Mm -hmm. So he's been in there for weeks. And they just finally- Just running around. Just running around. Now. <laughs> At the beginning of season four, the team has changed his hierarchy. His fiance is now heading the team. Her father, of course, is his adopted Is she a runaway father. bride? She is not. Because from, from season three, her life was in jeopardy. He had to save her life, and they weren't oh. sure that they could. So now all of that's come to fruition. She's in charge, but they figure out a way to bring him back. Against her wishes, I believe, if I'm remembering this correctly. So they do that, he comes back, he doesn't remember anything. Oh no. So we go through all of this, but he still can run and he's faster than he's ever been before. And there is a being who forced them to bring him back. So the question is, who is this hidden force behind this being that forced this? What is going on and what's coming for the Flash and company? Because we also know that Caitlin, who was uh, Killer Frost, is back. She claims not to be Killer Frost anymore. He's a villain. But can we trust her? Yeah, so I there are know. lots of things going on here. I mean, it's the Flash, everybody. 
Okay. All right. Well, listen, yeah. we did not do this episode in a flash because <laughs> who can? There's so much happening. So many new shows, some worth watching, some you may want to pass on. But we'll have to leave that into your hands. All we can promise you is that we'll be watching.